0: Will you turn your Bible to Daniel chapter 3, Daniel the third chapter? Very briefly this morning, we want to have a Bible study along the theme God is able. God is able. And we just want to look at some passages that reveal how God is able in different ways eras and areas of our life to touch us with his grace. May we pray together. Our Father, we thank you for lives of great ones that remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints. We thank you for footprints of others and we have followed to Calvary and we are following to heaven. We thank you most of all for the Lord Jesus. He promised never to leave us or forsake us. Thank you for men and women in this auditorium who have been Gibraltar's rocks for God. And we pray that in this few moments today, as we think about the theme of the scripture, God is able, may we apply it each to his own heart. And may somebody who has never been saved be drawn by the cords of the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we open in Daniel chapter 3, and you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were three Jewish young people who, along with Daniel, were taken into captivity from Jerusalem. Each of these had trusted in the Lord God while they still lived in Jerusalem. They were young teenage boys. And when they got to Babylon, the kings decided to do something with them that would uh, enhance their thinking and their understanding. So he was going to feed them on the king's meat and the king's wine. But the Bible says in Daniel 1.8, but Daniel purposed in his heart. I think he was the spokesman for the four of them. He said, we're not going to defile ourselves with the king's meat and the king's wine. And they were so impressive to the people that were in charge that uh, Daniel said, would you just let us have a vegetable diet for 10 days? We'll not drink wine. We'll not eat all the king's fancy meat. And in 10 days, it was found that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were more calmly. Their countenance was better. Their spirit was better than all the others. And so they put them all on that same kind of diet. Well, that's the kind of man Daniel was. His three friends were just like that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to budge or bend or burn. And those three men... the example for the background of the message today. Beginning in Daniel 3, verse 8. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast in the midst of a fiery, burning furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men. They have, O king, not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at the time that ye hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, uh psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image which I have made, well. But if thou worship not, he shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning furnace. And who is the God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Now there's no time sequence between verses 15 and 16, but notice what they said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver thee out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And you know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. They cast Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace... It was heated seven times hotter than it usually is. And the men that put them in there got singed and burned. And then they looked in and they saw them walking around. They had been tied with ropes. The ropes were gone. The ropes burned up. They were walking around and with them was another. And they said, he looks like the son of God. And that's who he was. Jesus came in the fiery furnace to deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now look at the background of that. They did not know he would do that. They just knew God. They trusted him. They didn't know how he would do what he was going to do. And they were willing, if need be, to die in that fiery furnace instead of bowing down before the gods of the world. I just wonder in my heart, what kind of a fellowship they had in that fiery furnace when the Lord came, stood right with them, and said, "Shadrach, I'm proud of your faith. Meshach, I'm glad you had faith. Abednego, I'm glad you had faith." And they knelt before him and said, "O oh Lord, my God, when I had awesome wonder, consider all the worlds Thy hands have made, and You have by grace come to us in the fire." And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus does that. That's his business. He is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. Whatever the trial, the hardship, the difficulty through which you go. You know that God does not always choose to heal. We don't understand. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. He asked God three times to remove it. And God said, no, but my grace will be sufficient for thee. And he put him on display the rest of his life. A man that probably suffered a lot of pain. But he just kept on going for God. He did not give up. He did not quit. God was able to supply that grace. We think of Hezekiah. Isaiah said, God told me to tell you that you're going to die. Not live. Set your house in order. And Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and wept tears before God. And before Isaiah could get out of the palace, God said, Isaiah, you go back and say to Hezekiah, I've seen your tears. I've heard your cry. I'm adding 15 years to your life. God is able. He is able to deliver you through whatever bondage and heartache and hurt you go God is able. What kind of a special trial are you having now? A trial of faith? It may be the very serious illness of a loved one. It may be this week you have passed through the valley of the shadow. The beautiful flowers on the memorial table are placed in honor of Brother James Gray, who went to be with the Lord two years ago on March the 12th. They're beautiful. And they remind us of the viserinctum of James's heart. James went through a deep trial. They discovered a malignancy. He came out of the surgery. He even came back to church. And he sang the perfect rose. And at the appointed time God said, James, that's enough. Come on home. The beautiful flowers over here are placed in honor of Mrs. Irene Freeman, many of you knew her. She's come to Glendale in the past years. She was 84 years old. She insisted on living by herself and taking care of herself. The other evening, she went to bed, folded her hands, pulled the covers up, and in a few hours, she went to heaven. Beautiful way to go home. God was able to give her grace after her husband died to keep on keeping on, to go on going on. Mr. Freeman died 20 years ago. We had his funeral. You see, God is able to deliver you out of whatever trial you're going through. God made that promise through the lips of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. O king, know this. Whether God delivers us or not, He is able to deliver us. But if He doesn't, we're not going to bow before the things of the world. We're not going to wring our hands in anxiety. We're not going to go fill our stomachs with all kinds of pills to pep us up. We're going to trust in the Lord God. And beloved, God is able. He is able. Whatever the special burden you're facing. Whether it's an automobile accident. Whether it's financial worries. Whether it's a home problem, whether it's alienation from somebody you love, whatever it is, God is able to deliver you. Now, let's think of some other things in the Scripture that this says. Number one, in 2 Peter 2.9, would you look at that passage? 2 Peter 2.9, and listen to what God says. 2 Peter 2.9, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly, out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation or trials. Now he doesn't always deliver us. Savonarola was burned to the stake. John Huss, William Tyndale, some of the great men of God. God delivered them when they understood that all men could do was kill them. But they committed themselves to him that has charge of the Spirit. And Jesus delivered them in the midst of it all. Sometimes we walk through valley times. We have trials and temptations. The old song says, tempted and tried, we're often made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long while there are others Living about us, never molested, doing the wrong. And we wonder. We question, Lord, why? Why me? Please know that from the truth of the Word of God, God is able to deliver you. And if He does not deliver you physically, He certainly is with you spiritually. blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. One of the great reasons there's been a revival in Russia and of course many have gone from America to serve in Bible schools and revival meetings and training classes and to try to help. But during the dark days of Russian communism there was a man here and a man here and a man here who refused to knuckle under that atheistic government. They went out and preached to young people under trees and in caves and many were converted. There was a spiritual revival in Russia before communism fell because there were men who were willing to stand and some of them got martyred. Some years ago we had Georgie Vines in our church. Georgie Vines was one of the great Russian preachers. And he refused to knuckle under the government's rule that you can't talk about Jesus. Now, beloved, if that should ever happen here, and it looks like it's coming near to happening in America, who's going to stand? Are we going to say we are a pluralistic society, so therefore we better not mention Jesus, can't even pray in his name, and so on? Georgie e. Vines refused to knuckle under that. And he. He witnessed to children, to youth and to older people. He visited the churches that were underground and Georgie Vines was arrested and put in a terrible concentration camp in Siberia. By his own testimony he said there were rats that came in the night. He didn't know whether they were purposely let loose or whether they were just field rats, but they'd come and gnaw on people and there was nothing they could do and they killed them and the next morning it was a job of those who survived to go and bury those that had been bitten by the rats and eaten by the rats. Did God deliver Georgie Vines? But He kept on living. He came back to tell that story. He came back to America and from America went to heaven. God delivered him, but he went through a terrible crucible. God does not promise skies always blue and sunshine all the day through. He just says, I'll be with you. I've seen the lightning flashing. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sins breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still to fight on. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Turn your Bible to Romans 4. Romans chapter 4. And let's look at something else God is able to do. In Romans chapter 4. A wonderful promise. Verses 20 and 21. Well, begin with 18 talking about Abraham who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall I seed be and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform God is able to keep his promises. In Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff were disciplining measures. That wasn't a cane you you leaned on. It was the rod and the staff that came to us for discipline. And then he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And Abraham staggered not at those promises. He believed God. What other promises do we have in the word of God? In First Thessalonians chapter 4, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we also believe that those who sleep in Jesus will God bring with it, with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not go before them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. There's going to be a resurrection. When we come to the end of life's little while here and we say, good night, it's good morning over there, because the spirit leaves the body and goes to be with Jesus. Jesus said, where I am, there you may be also. But the body goes back to the grave. And from time to time, we go stand by a grave. And we think of that dear one who's gone. a lot of love and sometimes tears. But oh, what a glorious reunion there's going to be one day when Jesus comes. You say Jesus is coming? Why, they've been talking about that for 2,000 years and he hasn't come yet. Some writers of uh, liberal scholarship say that Paul believed Jesus would come in his lifetime and since he didn't, Paul was wrong. No, my friend. Paul wasn't wrong. He was waiting just as we're waiting. And one day... There is going to be a resurrection of the dead in Christ. God is able to do that. We began the service this morning with that wonderful song, Nothing is Impossible When You Put Your Trust in God. You think of the promise in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. There are some in this auditorium who have had experience with liquor. You've had experience with drugs. You've had experience with sex. You've had experience with cigarettes and tobacco. These you used to do, but you've been washed. You've been cleansed. And God is able to deliver you. I talked to a lady the other day. She said it's been six weeks now since I smoked. Earlier, she said it's been four weeks. You see, God is able. We had a young man in our church, Gary Smith. He was a drunk, alcoholic, terrible condition. I met him one night at the hospital and he didn't have any way to get home. I called a taxi, sent him home in that taxi. The next week, I believe it was, he was again in the hospital, He called me and asked if I would come. I went by to see him. We got down on the floor of that old hospital and Gary gave his heart to Jesus. The liquor disappeared. He no longer drinks. I'm telling you, God is able to deliver you from the petty little sins, the petty little habits, the jealousies, the envies, all those things that are out of accord with the will of God. God is able, but we'll have to tune in to his ability. You suppose Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had known in their hearts that God was able, but they just kept quiet and said, well, nothing. Uh, maybe we're going to die now. They said, we may die, but I want you to know we serve a God who is able to deliver us out of that fiery furnace. And they had no idea how God would do it. Abraham was 100 years old. God said, you're going to have a son. And Abraham didn't understand that. And Sarah laughed. But God did it. And Isaac became forever the son of promise. God is able. In Philippians 4:19, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. God is able financially. He's able companionship-wise. He's able to be to you better than a husband or wife or son or daughter. God is able. But we have to allow him to be. And then in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, a wonderful truth. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God is able to make you abound. One of the exciting things at a funeral, and funerals are always hard. They're just always hard, I never get used to them. And this week we've had four or five funerals. And one of the exciting things is to look at that person's life and weigh it in light of eternity, with eternity's values in view. I was so glad to say this the other day, that. in in an acrostic on a name that the A stood for always abounding. Always abounding. There are days so dark that we seek in vain for the face of my friend divine, but he's there anyway. He's there in the dark days. He's there in the bright days. Jesus is there and he will take care. He is able to make all grace abound in our lives. He is also able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And Brother Glenn read about that this morning. And in 2 Timothy 1.12, there's a great promise. If you'll turn there a moment, 2 Timothy 1.12, and look at what God says here. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. God is able. Have you committed something to the Lord? Now, you take your stocks and your bonds and your money and your wealth and your certificates and all the treasured things, and you go to the bank, you secure a lockbox, and you put all those things in the lockbox, and you don't really worry because you know that bank is able to take care of your lockbox and all the stuff that's in it. Have you done that with the Lord? Have you taken your gifts and your talents and your weaknesses and your burdens and your problems and given them to him and above everything, your guilt and your sin and deposited before the Lord and claimed this promise, God is able. God is able. He'll keep that which is committed unto him against that day. That's the reason a person that's saved can never be lost. If you've committed your soul to Jesus Christ, you've trusted Him as your Savior and your Lord, God takes you seriously. And He takes that which you have committed unto Him and deposits it in the bank of heaven. And one day, when life here is over, that deposit box will be opened in heaven. He is able to keep that which has been committed unto him against that day. And last of all, in Jude, he says he is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. He is able to keep you from falling. These are wonderful, wonderful promises. Jude 22. He is able to keep you from falling. When we're little children mother or daddy will stand on one side of the room and they'll say now walk, walk over and they'll take our little hand and they'll help us walk through there after some days or weeks then they say you go on and they let loose of the hand and that little child keeps on going but when the child falls and who of us has not fallen mom or dad will lift that little child up If the child's crying, they hold it close to their bosom. And then they put it back down, and there's walking again. That's what God does. He is able to keep you from hopelessly falling. He'll be with you. Have you passed through a dark time? Are the trials and temptations surrounding you? God is able if you'll put your trust in him. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the truths of God's word, that God is able to make all grace abound, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He is able to keep his promises. He is able to keep that which is committed unto him, and he is able to keep us from falling and being gone eternally. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.